Hello, welcome to the Christian Schools Australia podcast channel. My name is Sum and I'm the Digital Communications Officer for CSA. This week in our summer series is a throwback to a conversation in May of 2020 between CEO of Christian Schools Australia, Dr Daniel Pampuk, and the Executive Officer for Victoria and Tasmania, Dr Rob Lowe, who also has a national portfolio in CSA for organisational culture and community development. Believe it or not, this was recorded while Rob was still in lockdown in the UK and soon after the first wave of COVID-19 hit Australia. In this episode, Daniel reflects on the need to create stability, predictability and continuity in our school communities, particularly through the uncertain times of being in and out of schools and classrooms. Something to definitely reflect on as the year draws to a close. Enjoy this thought-provoking conversation and have a happy and safe new year. Welcome. This is episode four of our video podcast series, and I'm really thrilled to have uh, Daniel Prampuk, CEO of Christian Schools Australia, with me this morning, his evening, uh, to talk about, um, let's pick up on some of the themes that I'm exploring with teachers across um, Victoria, um, but, but, but hoping that their stories, narratives, uh, the conversations I've had with them will be applicable to, to all teachers who listen to them. And the purpose of this interview, I really hope, will be to really widen that lens even further, uh, to think about um, the impact um, of, of COVID-19, um, this pandemic, on education in Australia. Um, thankfully, Australia, getting back to a new normality quicker and the United Kingdom where I find myself now. But nonetheless, this has been an extraordinarily challenging time for teachers, leaders and communities. And I wonder, Daniel, whether it might be possible first to just try and reflect on the impact it has had on schools, children, teachers, communities. What What is it like uh, to be in Australia right now? What has it been like over these past mm. few weeks? Yeah, thanks, Rob. Look, I think um, one of the things that we look to schools for is predictability and stability and continuity and all those good things that when the rest of our, our lives are a little bit hectic or, you know, um, in in turmoil that we go to school, well, at least school, kids will go to school at nine o'clock or we'll be home at this time. And we've seen that change a great deal where school isn't a predictable place. Um, and so and I think there's been a challenge for not only the students but the teachers as well where we work by timetables and we work by bells, et cetera. Uh, and so the change has come and I think the hardest part is not that the change um, and that we've been forced to move into a new space, but that there's no clarity what that space looks like. So it's not just change, it's discontinuous change in terms of what we're doing. So, we, we you know, we, we're all very good at linear change in terms of saying, well, then this happens next and then this happens. But when the change then is two steps left, one forward, two to the right, four back, you know, and two up, two down, it, there's no predictability and then there's no trending to say and then the next thing we'll do is this and I think schools have have struggled in Australia with that because the changes have come and particularly we haven't had a national approach such as in the UK which says well all schools will be doing this now where we've been getting um, different um, changes occurring and different responses occurring at different state levels and so where I live I'm only 10 minutes from the border from New South Wales so I've got one state right next to me who's doing one set of behaviours and then the state that I'm in in a very different set of behaviours as well. So to be able to predict and to be able to um, understand as a nation where we're going and what we're doing um, is difficult because all of our media, all of our online environments, et cetera, know no boundaries. 
And so we've had this change that's occurred and then responses that have been different. So I think that's been very challenging for people who've relied upon that predictability and um, stability, particularly the most vulnerable, who already find being part of a system or being part of a group difficult and then to take away those structures and supports um, has been challenging for them. And what do you think has been the greatest loss um, you know, and perhaps that is the greatest loss, that which you've just highlighted, but of all the things that um, that suddenly evaporated overnight, um, what, what have been the, the things that, I, that you believe that teachers, children, parents will yeah. have missed the most? And I think, look, it's clear from having two boys at home myself um, and who uh, are really sensing a lack of connection with other people, that what's really been brought to the fore is that, that at the centre of who we are, we're relational beings who need to connect with other people to get a sense of our own, you know, progress, our own well-being, that, that it's, it's almost like a bit of a sonar. Our relationship tell us how well we're moving through and if things are okay and we do this together. And I think it also highlights that in times of change and stress, it's those relationships we lean into. So where we've got a good community of people around us, we've got strong relationships that allows us to bend and to move and to, to have those supports where we're not you know, being buffeted by these challenges by ourselves, we're actually surrounded by others who are taking some of that pressure and that stress from our lives. Yeah. And, you know, it is something that people are yearning for just to, to be able to, to see other people again, to connect with them again and to, to, to know that it's okay. In some senses, I, I totally agree with that. In some senses, I was quite struck when I was interviewing some of the teachers across Victoria, for example, um, just how... To my mind, they'd actually increased their their contact with young people. There was an example of one teacher at a school in in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. He'd made between a hundred and hundred and fifty calls to children or parents, um, some of them up to forty five minutes. Now, this was somebody now who wasn't meeting with a, a pastoral class once in the day, but twice, beginning mm. and ending, bookending that day with children. Uh, encouraging children to fill in a spreadsheet uh, called if only I knew uh, if only my teacher knew and using that as a as a risk assessment a flag to then follow up phone I was struck by the increased contact this practitioner is there a sense particularly in terms I mean you speak quite rightly about the the student-to-student relationship which I think has been massively affected by this but in some senses do you think it's actually been easier for teachers to connect with young people at this time I think the possibilities have been greater, absolutely, because we've now got new vehicles and the teacher has the opportunity to actually go into the student's home. And, and even now, like people are looking at our behind us and saying, you know, what's on the shelf and what's important to us and what do we value, you know. And, um, and so the opportunity there to connect, to, to step into each other's world is, is very much there. And it's, and it's no cost. I mean, once we are on the internet, it's not like, we're doing mobile charges and somehow that we've racked up this huge cost factor. So really it's about the time that we want to spend. But I do think it's really um, become a magnifying effect. So if we are a relational person, we're now using these tools and opportunities to continue to build relationship. And if it isn't something that we have been valuing, we're not either, and we're using it as an excuse not to connect. And so I would say the camps have been split in two. So this gives me a great opportunity to tap out and disconnect or it gives me a great opportunity to dig deeper and to, to really journey with people. Oh, somebody's printing, forgive me. We'll just uh, we'll just pause there again. <laughs> oh, well, this will be this is this 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 will be like a 
you know, a maths paper. Actually, if we keep this in, right, this is this is the human cost of, of all but trying to be in family at home. One moment. That's so good. Yes, look at this. Angles in special quadrattles. Disgusting. Who would send that to a child? And this is going to be in the video. As I leave, you'll see that I'm all shirted, and then and then in and then in uh, Bermuda shorts. We're gonna you're gonna see some. <laughs> so that raises two uh, interesting lines of inquiry for me. One of those is about. Um, the debate that's been happening in other sectors about the impact of letting colleagues in uh, to your home via webcam, the need to be upfront about one's own childcare or domestic responsibilities whilst working. So I wonder what you think, just thinking about staff, leaders across CSA, what's the impact of letting students and colleagues into your home in this way? What are the, what are the positives? What are the, what are the real challenges? When we let people in, in any sense, into our, you know, to know to know more about us, to step into our world, to, to step into our house, there is an increased vulnerability that's there, and in a sense, we've we've got to recognise we're in a privileged space, yeah, you know, with 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 being given that access, and and so in a sense, when we're in a privileged space, it gives us an opportunity to have um, greater realness, um, a greater depth, uh, a, a third dimension. Um, some people refer to it as a hinterland, that's there. And so, in a sense, it allows us. We had a staff meeting the other day, and one of our staff has three children at home, and one of them's eighteen months, and the child's climbing on the laps of, of, of the mother as we're trying to have a meeting. And and that says to me, that's life. That's life at the moment for 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 her. And I and so we're working together after the children go to bed. So where I could say, well, actually, it's work day between you know nine a.m. and five p.m. in the afternoon. We're actually starting to work together at eight p.m. and Sometimes our interactions finish at 12 p.m. at night just so she feels that she's con- contributing but also in a time and a space that allows her to, to do that because there, there is another world that's there. Uh, it, and it works the other way. For me, I've been watching my boys um, online with their teachers and I've said to my sons, which is that teacher? Who's that one? Um, and I've got to know their teachers a lot and I get to see them teaching and seeing, you know, oh, wow, this one's really excelling and engaging and I thought wow I'd love to be in that person's class and other people are just going through the motion as well and I thought isn't isn't this going to be fascinating when the next parent teacher interview comes up because I actually now see what my son sits through in a normal day in a class um so uh, you know there, there is a that um that in a sense that a lot more has been opened up and what do we do with that now once you know um, we've, we've been in those privileged positions when we first uh, interviewed together, one of the things that you spoke about, which has um, which has stayed with me, and I and I continue to come back to, um, is a comment you made um, about the biblical principle about being incarnate. Um, mm. When I was thinking about the uh, the biblical foundations of the work, the research, that the background that I come from, the real foregrounding of relationships in, in public and private life, the idea being doing life with people I, I was really compelled by that argument Daniel and and I wondered to the to what degree we've now opened up that more at this time and I wonder whether you might speak to perhaps some of the things that we might be teaching our young people our parents about um, the importance of the gospel um, the reality of what it is to actually be in a living relationship um, as a yeah. practitioner as a parent as a young person yeah, that's a great question, and and um, 
you know, I think what this situation done with the COVID-19 and the, 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 the difficulties and the stresses that are there, it does actually get us to question, you know, what do we hold on to as important? What do we value? What's this all about, you know, you know, in terms of that? So those questions are important and we see, and in our previous conversation, the, the, the part that I love about the, the Christian journey is that we have a God who chooses to journey with us, who's interested in, you know, the, the, the little tiny bits of, of a wedding or a beach barbecue or walking down the road and making a commentary around, you know, the significance of a, of a fig tree that either blooms or doesn't bloom and things. And we, we're doing these things, we're walking side by side, we're talking about the realities of, of doing life. I think that the COVID itself, that has brought that to the fore in terms of um, resetting, I think, is a great way where, where what we've done is taken away all these peripheral things. And I think in the West in particular, it's this whole focus on consumption, that, that my whole um, life is, is better by the more that I have and the more that I acquire and the more that I do, et cetera, rather than to be. And, and, and then when I am, I am being, what does that mean and how am I being with, and, and that is with regard to God and, and, and a greater purpose, but it's also with others as well. And so then I celebrate and I savour is probably a word of those moments that I, I, I just spend with people and the opportunities, you know, to, to, to be with them in a sense. And there is something very spiritual about that. Let me ask you this um, as a follow-up question, therefore. Um, what do you think a new normal might look like? So I'm really interested. We, we've spoken about the challenges in terms of HR, in terms of pedagogy. We've spoken about um, the real positives. What do you think when, as many states now have gone back to school and, and some to quite normal environments, um, Victoria, as we film this, yet to go back fully to school, and that may be some weeks away yet. What will it mean? Are there things that we just shouldn't go back to? Have we got some opportunities here that that we might try to exploit? Yeah, and I'm, look, and I'm I'm not a fan of the concept of new normal. I think it's you know it was combined with the word unprecedented. You know, we're in unprecedented times, and now we have a new normal. Um, they're, they're great. I, I would la- rather say that when we come back, we, we, we're at a point of reset and that's probably good where we look at the things that we do and we say, considering the new vantage point we have just um, been able to occupy and to see ourselves from afar and from this new place, what is important and what's not important in terms of what we do. And, um, and, and I think what is going to be great about going back to schools is all of those things that I think are a bit of froth and bubble around schools, you know, um, that are all the trimmings and all those things, you know, well, actually, go, are they important? Because we won't be able to do them anyway, um, you know, in terms of these grand events that are just publicity exercises and, you know, um, needing to have 20 sporting teams competing and all these bits and pieces. And we, are we doing it for the fun of it? Are we doing it because we really think it's a great activity for kids to do or we wanted to get a trophy at the end of it or we wanted to put something on a CV or, you know, um, when we graduate school? So I think it's a great vantage point to say what, what we won't be doing and what we, um, we need to get, get rid of. I think what I hope will be the change, and I'll probably that's the point that I go to, is that we would see the, the experience of collaboration, that we'd move away from this. Um, the consumer part that I spoke of before really as this narcissism where it's about me and I'm at the centre of the world, et cetera. And I hope that we move from me to we and that we see that this is that, that 
we are the best when we are doing this together, that the activities, um, that, that there is collaboration and that there is a sense of um, experimentation and risk-taking, which is often removed from schools. We, you know, we do all these matrices and things like take away all risk, take away all opportunity for value, disappointment, um, any, any possibility somebody may get physically hurt or, or, and, and then, in a sense, you know, we, we limit the potential of individuals, the participation of individuals, the ability to, um, to explore and to, to, to adapt and to change. And, you know, in many schools, we've seen in the past five weeks, five years of growth and development. And you know, if you said to teachers, we're all moving online in five weeks' time, you need to have your learning management system up and racing, you need to work out ways to have inquiry-based learning, collaborative projects for students, we're going to go to, you know, um, synchronous and asynchronous type things, they would say, that's it, I'm calling the union, uh, we're, we're, we're done. But to show that we're actually capable, we, that we can do that. And there has been some, you know, excellent opportunities to, to have students take on board 21st century learnings and, and um, understandings, and we need to pursue that. And sometimes, you know, there's been a number of writers who've said, never let a crisis go by, you know, don't waste a crisis, use it to, as a motivation for change. And so the, the goal will be not to slip back into old behaviours that really weren't beneficial. They were just things that we grew accustomed to. They're more custom and practice than anything else. Um, and so I hope that we we take um, use of that new vantage point to see what really matters and continue to move forward with that and, and embed um, that as we've had this privilege to reset some of the things that we have associated with school. Just lastly, one thing I want to explore with you is um, uh, around the, the concept um, of, the, of the pastoral versus uh, the, the curricula. Um, it is undoubtedly true that in that period of innovation, it, it's easy for us to, or easier. I don't want to. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't want to be trite about the, the challenges colleagues are facing in order to get get material online. But it seems easier for us to deliver content virtually digitally um to, to replace some of those teaching functionality uh, that teaching functionality of a school but but one thing that seems harder to replace is the pastoral and it's something that you know um in, in my forthcoming spotlight um, I'm, I'm going to be speaking about writing about more um now i've joined csa and i wonder whether you might speak specifically to the challenges of what it what it means to really hold a student pastorally in, in a school as opposed to getting them through a, a knowledge-based curriculum, teaching them some stuff, getting a, a, getting a test done. There's a whole world of growing a child up which seems very challenging to do in this way over a screen. Um, and I wonder whether you might speak to some of the things that we're going to need to do um, when we return to school to try and support our young people to, to really reflect well on this time and, and, and to get through what they've just experienced. Yeah, and I think, look, um, Craig Rochelle says um, in terms of churches that we lose churches because people don't th- believe that they were seen nor valued. That's where they leave. And, and I think that's going to be a, a high priority is that children will want to be seen again to know that they aren't just, you know, grade eight on Friday afternoon, that they're actually an individual and part of a, a greater um, grouping and, and you know, we've got some states such as New South Wales that are going back a day a week and I've said to the principals, this is not about trying to catch up on content. This is about trying to connect with people and actually saying, you know, let's spend time with each other. Let's, let's 
work out where we are, you know, and 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 um, really understand and appreciate and value each other um, in that. And I think you know that's a student will will won't remember the content you taught them, but they will remember if you cared. And and at this point in time, we we now have the opportunity that they are they are open and ready to connect again, and they're 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 almost like a rubber band that's been pulled back, and they're just waiting. And the question is, what's at the end of that stretched rubber band? Is it something that embraces and grabs onto that rubber band and says, run into my arms, I'm, I'm here for you? Or it says, gee, it's been hectic, I'll step out of the way and get on with the next task that, that I'm doing. And, and I think that's what um, all of the, the um, children are doing. In my children's school, um, all the parents stood out on the foot, oh, sorry, all the staff stood out on the footpath and, the, and said, we're here, we're waiting for you, we're looking for you to come back. And the children drove past in their cars. Um, and the teachers waved and, and said, you know, called out messages to each other, et cetera. And it was very emotive. And some people, the parents and the children, decorated their entire cars and did posters and had balloons and streamers out the windows. And, and it went on for over 45 minutes where this car after car after car came past. And they didn't loop around. That was just the people who wanted to connect with their teachers. And so the opportunity to, to really see the value that it's more than a service, it's more than just being a recipient of a good or, you know, some type of, um, you know, practical thing, but it's, it's actually a relationship, it's a journey together that's there. And I think it is a shared um, difficulty and it's a shared stress that we've had and it's a shared experience. And so the opportunity to, to build those pastoral relationships are common. There's a common ground that we didn't have before because we all went through this together. And you see when we look back to people who, you know, celebrate World War II or, or remember, you know, we're, we're Vietnam vets or went through some kind of event, it actually becomes a touchstone where we can keep coming back to and reminding ourselves that, that we have a lot in common and that, um, that, that we have ways to connect. And I think those opportunities... Um, those difficulties and stresses um, where for little children in particular, um, teachers can appear to be great mountains. There's these great looming people before them. And the difficulties and the stresses um, and, and the teacher's life can often be these little crevices and cracks and handholds that the, teach, that the student can climb and to engage with. And, and if, the, if the teacher allows them to be seen, so a student can actually use those moments use those particular personal um, situations the inside into the home or you know mrs so-and-so's got a cat or she's got three kids or whatever and and it's not pretty and glorious it's actually just doing a messy life as everybody else is and they become handholds for the student to be able to to rise up and, and be part of a meaningful relationship that that really is transformational um daniel thank you so much um uh, we use these opportunities to try and um, speak to, to teachers and leaders across CSA. I know um, that there's a, there'll be enormous encouragement and wisdom from what you said this morning. So thank you very much for your time. And, and I look forward to being in the same room as you uh, in the not too distant future. Thanks for your time, Daniel. Thanks, Rob. My pleasure.